0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Educational Lady podcast and our flashback countdown of our top 20 interviews all time. Of our 500 interviews, we're flashing back to the top 20 based on downloads. This is going to be number 16 uh, Brenner Flatten from Montana. We did this back in August of 2022. Uh, it's a great interview. So check it out. And we want to make sure we recognize very quickly our podcast sponsors just by name. Uh, athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, Huddle, Snap Raise, Home Campus, Sideline Interactive, Hometown Ticketing, Vital Signs, and Gibber. These are all great companies I used as an athletic director. You should be using them too. And now here's our flashback episode number 16 all time, Brenner Flatten from Montana. Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for their support of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys also connects you with the 95% of your players and your parents who really love the program and helps give them a voice and uh, shows the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call uh, 1-800-738-6466 or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thank you to SnapRaise. Go to Snapraise.com and find out how their fundraising platform can help you. Get away from the fundraising headaches of the past. There's no selling, uh, your data is secure, and what's more important, it works. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical, and you can put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to, to work for your school. Our coaches use SnapRaise and it was just fantastic. As an AD, I knew what was going on, but I wasn't involved. And SnapRaise has helped schools Uh, just like yours raise thousands and thousands of dollars. Go to snapraise.com and change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see how over 200,000 teams are using Huddle to help their athletes play better using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform. They've got online tools. They have smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle is also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school, college, and even the pros. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including the college coaches you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about how Huddle can help you in your program and how your school can become a Huddle school Go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and schools are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast, and they'll give you 10% off. Use the podcast code ADPOD10. That's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Once again, go to gibber.com and start creating world-class marketing content. We also want to thank our friends at Final Forms. They're the industry leader in registration, but there's so much more than that. Final forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility and they have reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that come with athletics. Final forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication, and even help them manage their own certification. And for athletic directors, final forms can help with eligibility and rosters and all the forms and reports that come across your desk. You want to find out more about how Final Forms can help you and take the next steps, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only raise money for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive video score table, and it was just fantastic. We use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile and so easy to use, and the customer support is just fantastic. Go to SidelineInteractive.com or send them an email to sales at SidelineInteractive.com. See exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales. At sidelineinteractive.com. And we also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Their indoor video consoles are just fantastic, and they've got a full collection of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students. If you're looking for a great way to display your school records for all your sports, for all the events, as well as create a digital Hall of Fame, you need to talk to the folks at Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Go to their website, vitalsignswalloffame.com, or send them an email at sales Fame.com to get started. and we want to thank our friends at hometown ticketing the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometown helps thousands of organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families and their fans. Go to hometownticketing.com and they're going to show you how to sell your ticket tickets digitally. They'll teach you how to scan the attendees, they'll also show you how to collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. Hometown will also show you how to sell tickets for things like school dances or plays, choir performances, even graduation. Sell digital tickets for all types of events, including athletics. Go to hometownticketing.com to find out more. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We have a first today. It's our very first visit to the great state of Montana, and our guest is Brenner Flayton. Brenner is a certified master athletic administrator, one of the very few in Montana right now, and he's the director of athletics at Glasgow High School in Glasgow, Montana. Brenner, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Jake. Uh, Happy to be on with
0: you today. Well, we're uh, excited to uh, finally have a guest. We've had some listeners, uh, our uh, Spotify analytics tell us that we do have people in Montana that listen, so maybe that's you, but uh, we're glad to have our first guest on the show. So let's go and get started. Uh, We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, uh, where you were born, where you grew up. Kind of take us up to the college years, and then we'll take a break, come back and hear a little bit about your career. So what's the okay. brenner Flayton origin story?
1: Well, the origin kind of starts about right where I'm at right now. Actually, I'm in my hometown, so Glasgow, Montana. And as I we talked off air earlier, Glasgow is dubbed the middle of nowhere. We're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We're a prairie, and we're about four, four and a half hours away from anywhere that would be considered a city. those out there. So uh, this is where I grew up. I graduated from Glasgow High School, went on to college, uh, four-year university at Dickinson State University in North Dakota, Uh, played five years of college football over there and got my degree in K-12 physical education, health and physical education. Um, After that, immediately moved down to Wyoming and started teaching and coaching down there. I taught for seven years uh, in K-6 physical education and uh, also coached football and wrestling. And then before, and while I was there the last couple of years in Wyoming, I started working on my master's through South Dakota State and I finished my K-12 educational administration degree. And when an opportunity uh, came about to be able to move back home, I I moved back home in year eight. to come back home and take the athletic director and vice principal job in Glasgow. And this is heading into year nine in this position and year 16, overall in education. So it rolls fast.
0: Oh, absolutely. It does go by fast. I want to go back to, um, you know, growing up in Glasgow, I grew up in a small town, maybe not that small, but I did coach in my career in several, uh, you know, schools that were you know, 150, 200 kids. What was that like growing up, uh, you know, back in the day?
1: You know, I have nothing but good things to say about growing up here, and that's probably why I ended up back here, right? Uh, there, there's something to be said about small town living. and I, I it was something that I wanted to return to. Um, and when I left college, I actually was teaching and coaching in a small community. In Wyoming as well. So small communities is about all I've ever known. Where you know where I went to college in Dickinson is would be considered a fairly small community. It's grown it's grown since I was there, but that's a small community, and a small university as well. So um, there was a lot of things that I liked about Glasgow growing up. Uh, one of the things is I wanted to be able to come back here. Um, I'm married now. I wanted to be able to raise my kids here because of my experiences that I had when I was a child. and and give my kids those same same experiences and those same opportunities. Um, We talked earlier as well about some of the things that make Glasgow unique, um, some of the traditions, the activities, the athletics that we offer and some of the things that we do. And I wanted my kids to be able to experience that as well. Um, And so that's where it really came down to. I wanted to be able for my kids to be able to know most of the people that they're around, and when we when we walk down the street or we're driving, we're waving to everybody, and, and uh, just that small town feeling, small town America, Friday night lights, uh, whole deal. That would, that really played a large part in us moving back to moving back here.
0: Oh, absolutely! And again, I can certainly uh, relate to that, uh, both as a kid growing up and, and a number of coaching stops. For our listeners, our guest today is Brenner. Clayton. He's a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and he's the Director of Athletics at Glasgow High School in Glasgow, Montana. We're going to take a quick break, but we will be back, so stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. They sponsor the Athletic Director Toolbox segment later in the podcast. Our school used surveys for just about everything for coaches for kids and for parents and the information that came back was almost always overwhelmingly positive but it also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little bit and sometimes they'd share a small issue that we could take care of and address and and keep that from turning into a big issue because we didn't know about it because we hadn't done a survey really encourage you to reach out to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Go to AthleticSurveys.com or send them an email at info at AthleticSurveys.com to get started. It lets you take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Brenner Flayton certified master athletic administrator and the director of athletics at Glasgow high school in Montana. Brenner, you talked a little bit about, you know, your career path after graduation, uh, maybe take us through, uh, you know, some of those early days as a teacher coach, and then tell us the motivation, uh, the reasoning to, uh, as I like to say, come to the other side of the desk and become an athletic director.
1: Sure. Um, one thing I like to talk about with people when they ask me, you know, how did I get to where I'm at? I think I talk about, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do. Um, I grew up in a, I grew up in a family that, uh, we were immersed in athletics, um, wrestling from the age of four or five years old. My dad was head club coach when, when I was a youth, uh, got into, you know, played, played all the sports when I was little, baseball, soccer, all those things, um, started playing football in middle school. So, you know, sports is all I've ever really known, and uh, and just being in in that competitive environment, and um, so by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I already had a pretty good idea that I wanted to find a way to be a coach, um, and and start transitioning from being an athlete to being a coach, so I said, I tell people I already knew by the time I was a sophomore that I wanted to be a PE teacher, because at that time, that was kind of what you needed to do to be a coach, you know, it might not be necessarily that way anymore, but at that time it was considered if you're going to coach, you're going to coach at the high school level, you need to be a teacher. Okay, and what's the closest things to, to athletics? So, well, that was being a physical education teacher. So I was already focused on that sophomore in high school. And um, so as a lot of people might head off to college and switch their major four or five times, a switching major was never a consideration to me. I was pretty certain what I wanted to do. So I um, had the opportunity to go to college on an athletic scholarship and start working towards that degree um, with the ultimate understanding that I was going to be a coach. Um, so finished my degree uh, in K-12 PE with a minor in coaching and moved right into a situation where I could coach and teach. I uh, moved to a great district, Campbell County, Wyoming. Uh, in a small town called Wright, just south of Gillette. And I was able to coach football and wrestling there and spend seven years as a physical education teacher. Um, had some good coaching mentors down there. And uh, it was just an overall great experience like I expected it to be and and what I always wanted. And uh, and I I knew right away, probably about five years in, that, you know, it's it's a normal transition, right? You're gonna come out of college, you take an assistant position, hopefully work your way into a head position, you know, and then maybe if the opportunity arises, maybe you wanna be an administrator, maybe you wanna go and be an athletic administrator. Um, I realized I was in a position to where I was ready to go back to school um, and get my master's. And I figured if I'm gonna get my master's, I, want, I, I might as well do it in K-12 admin and have that opportunity to move up and, and then maybe be an AD. Um, like I said, this opportunity opened in the hometown, um, and, and to come back to an area that I was super passionate about. Um, and I, and I took it, uh, just jumped right in with both feet and haven't regretted it at all. Um, it is definitely different. Um, it is not like coaching. Um, there are some similarities in the fact that yes, you are going to get, you're going to get it from all angles, right? Um, and not everything's always going to be positive. Um, it's just like when you are a coach; you got to be ready for those things. You got to be ready for the negativity that surrounds the situation, and be able to roll that off your shoulders sometimes. and And in that regard, maybe that's not a whole lot different than being an athletic administrator. But you got to be able to defend your coaches, and you got to be able to take criticism um, because, regardless of whether it's warranted or you think it's warranted, you're going to get some. Um, and uh, I think that. For the most part, I've always managed that very well and realized that that's going to that's what comes with the territory. And if you want to be an athletic administrator or a school administrator, um, you've got to be able to make decisions, sound decisions and with validity and stick and stick with it. And uh, I've not regretted it one bit. Like I said, I, I, I probably still wouldn't be an athletic administrator nine years in if I did, if I did. So I, I truly love what I do. And that is a very important thing. And, you know, I had an opportunity to speak at this, uh, the coaches clinic in Montana this summer. And that's my number one thing I said is you better love what you do. If you don't love what you do, you're probably in the wrong profession because that the, the kids are going to see it. Your coaches are going to see it. Your parents are going to see it. If you don't really love what you do, you might want to think about redirecting. Um, and going to, in some other direction, because I, I really feel that that is the key to success. In my position is loving what I do and wanting to go to school, wanting to go to work because it is there. There's so many hours involved. and We know that. So
0: uh, great, great stuff. And again, you're absolutely right. You know, the <laughs> the the criticism, you know, it's it's not always there, but it's, it's going to be there in, in those parts. Uh, and you got to be able to deal with it. It's part of the job. Um, I'm curious, uh, you talked about and I certainly agree that so many benefits of coming back to your hometown teaching at the school working at school you're at. There's also that double edged sword, if you will, of people that knew you back then uh, uh, that are still at that school. Okay, so what was the vibe? If there was a vibe that you got, uh, was it you know, hey, welcome back, uh, Brenner, good <laughs> to see you, or you know, hey, kid, you know, you need to earn your stripes. Uh, you know, yeah. how was it? Uh, th- maybe those first couple years.
1: Yeah, very interesting, very unique, right? Uh, that that is the one that that's uh, would be considered a downfall for for some to come back to your to community because of prior relationships, um, but overall very positive. Um, I was what well, was embraced with open arms from the community to come back home. Um, of course, some of that goes away real quick when you have to make a decision, and they feel exactly. that, uh, that they were affected uh, by that decision and didn't agree with it. Um, so you got to be able to live with that. Um, but I, I embraced that. Um, I knew that that was a part of it when I was thinking about returning home, and that I could have went in a myriad of different directions. Um, and I had opportunities in other areas. But my focus was if I was going to return to Montana and leave Wyoming, which Wyoming was a great place for educa- in education to be, um, it was going to be in my hometown and not another community in Montana. So um, it was a no brainer for me, but like you said, you have to make decisions and it's going to affect people that maybe you've had lifelong relationships with. Um, and But for the most part, I think if you're just a good, solid communicator and they understand why those decisions are being made and and, and why it might be the betterment for the program or better, betterment for the school, then people have an understanding. Um, you're always going to have some people that disagree with you, but if you are organized and you are very good at communicating, then that's going to eliminate a lot of your issues and a lot of your problems. And, yeah. and that goes with being in my own. Whether I'm in my hometown or whether I'm an AD in Florida, you got to be able to communicate. And if people are well, feel like they're more well informed as to why something happened or something occurred, or, or a decision was made, or a big change was made to, to, to tradition, um, then that's going to solve a lot of your issues. I always say, be a good communicator if you're if you're going to be an athletic administrator.
0: No, absolutely right. You know, communication and uh, and relationships. Excellent stuff. Thanks for sharing our guest is brenner flayton certified master athletic administrator and the director of athletics at glasgow high school in glasgow montana we're going to take another quick break but please stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we also want to thank our friends at snapraise for their support go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can work for you get away from the fundraising headaches of the past there's no upfront cost Your data is secure. You can track progress if you want to. And what's more important, it works. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your school is critical, and you can put the Snap Raise digital difference to work for your school. As I said, it's easy and effective, and it's safe and secure, and it works. Our coaches used Snap Raise for a number of fundraisers that were very successful, And they've helped other schools, just like yours, raise thousands and thousands of dollars. Grow your program with Snap Raise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com for more information. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Brenner Flayton from Glasgow, Montana. Brenner, we always like to allow our guests to uh, give a shout out to their mentors. None of us get to where we're at on our own. You know, we've had people helping us, pushing us, et cetera. So who are are some of the folks that have helped you along the way?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I think it starts in the home first for me. Um, I had great mentors to look up to um, at such a young age. And I know not everybody's that fortunate, but I was. Um, my parents were outstanding and just just supporters from from day one and um, had had three, had two older brothers to look up to. I'm um, one of four, four boys in the family and um, two older brothers that were you know quite a bit older than than I was. Um, one of them graduated eight years before me and the other one five years prior to me. But um, I was young enough to see how they did things and, and did things the right way. Um, and, oh, you know, you have your normal in, in-house in battles with, with your brothers and when you're competitive. But um, without those situations and things that I, I wouldn't be where I am today, I know that for a fact. Um, you know, and so my brother, Jason, Brady, older brothers, you just really looked up to them growing up. Um, and when you have that built in your head that you're kind of a competitive person from day one, I think I always was. Um, you want to do what they did, maybe, and try to maybe do it better, and 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 that's uh, that's kind of the, I think that's the, always the right mindset to take, um, and 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 maybe and they are always very supportive as older brothers, um, and and in a lot of ways I took a lot of similar paths that that they did. Are they athletic administrators? No, but they were also very involved in sports and athletics and went on to become college athletes and are both very successful. Uh, family men and with their careers now. And, and, and my dad, the way he raised us all, you know, I've got a younger brother, two older brothers, um, the way that my dad raised, I mean, he was, he was tough, uh, but, and, and it was demanding of us, but was always fair and, and just, uh, and he's the same way today, uh, Gets get softer in your older age, but, uh, he's, uh, he's, out, I wish I hope everybody can grow up with with a father figure or a dad in their life that uh, supports them and sets them up for success like like I was. So it it started there within the family. And then um, and then you wouldn't be an athletic administrator or coaching if you didn't have those people, um, those coaches. Right. So I would say, number one, when I went off to the university, to Dickinson State University in North Dakota, um, I was recruited out of high school. in wrestling and in football. And I chose to play football at a small school in North Dakota at DSU. And uh, the guy that recruited me at the time was Pete Stanton. He was the linebacker coach and he was from a small community in Montana originally as well. Um, and it's part of the main reason that I went there. <clears throat> um, you know, when you go through recruiting process, it's about relationships um, and feeling like you can feel like you can fit, fit in at a place that you go to. So, um, and it was just, how I envisioned it going. And and he he was um, a great role model of mine uh, still to this day. And uh, I had enjoyed my five years there and he was my position coach. And now he's the head coach at Dickinson state university. So he's still at my alma mater and he's now the head guy. Um, And I stay, I stay in touch with him on a weekly basis. So um, that's the guy that I'd like to point out as a, as a, as an important member, as as an important person in my life and projection, uh, moving forward and then when you go on you know you go down to Wyoming and you work with people um Larry urodi was a head football coach head wrestling coach that I worked with down there um, for a handful of years um, and we know when you're coming fresh out of college you don't know everything you know you're 22 23 years old um, so you got to have those mentors to work with when you're an assistant coach so with him as a head coach and showing you the ropes and some of the things about being organized. I, was, I I remember about one thing about Larry, when I worked with him is he was just always very organized. Um, and I, that was something that I noticed right away that, you know, he was never unorganized. Um, so that I took that. And that's something that I took moving forward. Um, and you try to take a little bit from everybody that you've come across in life. I still take uh, things from people. When I took this job as an athletic administrator, I started working with people that were in this profession for 20, 25 years already. Um, You know, we have a rival school down the road, 70 miles, Malta. It's one of the biggest rivalries in Montana, Malta and Glasgow. Um, And the head football coach in Malta when I was growing up and when I came through playing for Glasgow was Scott King. Um, We weren't. Fond of Scott King or Malta when I was in high school, right, because we wanted to beat him. Um, but I'll tell you, when I got to work with Scott, um, as he was an athletic director and principal, when I took over, um, just a great guy. Uh, once again, very organized, knew all the tricks of the trade. And, and when I needed, needed an answer to a question or I wanted to bounce ideas off of somebody, I could go to Scott. And, and he was just great to work with, and he's just one of a handful of guys that um, I've gotten to know. He's now retired, but that's just an example of somebody that I use when I got to this position. And now I'm trying to do that for others that are just getting into the job, and you know, trying to be that guy that other people were for me. So, uh,
0: I love that you're still in touch with your college football coach, and, and I love you know the the rivalry story. It's amazing how many times those rivals, um, be, turn into, you know, not only great, uh, resources, but sometimes great friends too. Uh, I remember a coaching rival, uh, that was just, ah, oh, you know, we don't like that guy. We want to beat that uh, team, et cetera. And didn't even know him. Okay. It was just you yeah. know, immature coaches, but, uh, <laughs> we met him at a clinic once and to this day, still one of my best friends in coaching. So, uh, great great stuff once again for our listeners our guest today is brenner flayton he's a certified master athletic administrator and he's the director of athletics at glasgow high school in montana we're going to take another break i know that's shocking but uh we'll be right back this is the educational ad podcast we also want to thank sideline interactive for their support sideline interactives indoor scoring tables and video boards Not only raise money for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or send them an email at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and get a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. Email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and find out exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD podcast. Brenner, we always like to have our guests share their journey with their state association and with the NIAAA. And now you're a, a CMAA, uh, and you and I were talking a little bit um in kind of in a remote area. So it's not just uh, you know, driving a couple hours to a uh, to the national conference. So share a little bit about how you got involved with NIAAA and and that pathway that. That worked for you.
1: Sure, I, you know, one thing about being in this profession, or I guess myself in particular, I'm a very goal-oriented person. I've always been that way. Uh, I was in, I was that way as a youth. I was in that, I was that way as a, you know, as an athlete. I was that way as a coach. Definitely that way. Now as an administrator, and involved in education, and I think uh, everybody in life sh- should write goals. You know, it should. whether they're mental goals, um, they're on the computer, they're written down on paper, somewhere that, you know, somewhere you can reflect back and see, you know, how am I, am I achieving my goals? How am I striving for my goals? Um, so I've always been that way. Um, and once I got in this profession and I started going as an athletic administrator for a handful of years, I started looking around to see ways to grow. Um, how could I grow outside of just having a few mentors in my life that that I can bounce questions off of or how do I do what do I do in this situation how do I grow individually um, as a school administrator and as an athletic administrator and so I came across that um, and the different levels that you could get to within the NIAAA Um, and noticed that the top shelf was basically certified master athletic administrator Um, so I wanted to know okay what does that all entail and how long is that going to take um because it might not mean any you know I'm not going to do it for financial gain i'm not getting a raise for doing it uh, in my particular situation i'm doing it for you know professional growth growth and be able to do my job better um so i looked into it and um and it and i, I after about three years of being an ad i'd already been thinking about it i'm like i want to do this someday but at the same time you know you're, you're starting a family you're buried every weekend, you know, I got a middle school football game at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning, I got to be be there for, and then, you know, Saturday night, I got a volleyball game starting at three, and that's gonna go all night, you know? You know, the AD life never stops. So I was like, I don't know when I'm gonna be able to do that because I'm also a principal during the day and doing that on the academic side of things. So um, I just looked at it and, you know, I don't know if it would have happened so quickly for me, if it wouldn't have been for COVID pandemic and everything, everything kind of gets uh, shut down. Um, so that's when I started looking at it a lot harder and I'm like, I can bank some things out right now um, and take advantage of this time. Um, started looking into it. I'm like, wow, not a lot of people have done it. Um, there was only three certified or certified master athletic administrators in the history of Montana. Um, when I started and, I'm, and now I'm the fourth. And two of them were retired. One of them was, uh, is actually a great, is a colleague of mine in the same division, a small school in Northern Montana. He's the only other guy that's currently an AD that's a CMAA. Um, so, you know, kind of bounced some ideas off of him, asked him some questions and his processes, um, but realized that I could be one of the first, um, that's a goal. You know, like maybe I can strengthen myself as an athletic administrator, maybe I can bring some of these ideas back to Montana and the, Mon- and the high school association and, and make things better in Montana, not just for my school, but for everybody in the district, division, statewide, and then convince others to take the same path. Um, so really dove in with both the when, uh, during, during uh, the spring of 2020, and really got after those courses that it takes, um, you know, and I focused on the courses that I felt would be most beneficial to me Um, Yes, I looked at the ones that were interesting to me or stuff that maybe I already enjoyed, but wanted to come, you know, think about some other avenues uh, towards things. So I took those courses. um, And then I opted for, you know, the presentation, I know I could have written a long paper, I've written enough long papers in my life. So I was like, I don't have a problem presenting my ideas to people. And we did it over zoom. And Uh, You know, I focused in an area that I felt would be good for personal growth for me, but it would also be something that I could use to better our school um, and our athletic offerings. Uh, And it's just a real, it was a smooth process. Yes, it took about two years, start to finish. And that's probably faster than what a lot of people do. Um, Some takes probably four or five years because you got to check those boxes and you've got to, You know, you've got to be an administrator for so long. You've got to work so many postseason events, all those things tied into it in order to achieve the, you know, achieve the baseline that you need to get to be a certified master athletic administrator. But I was able to do it in about two, two and a half years. Um, And you tell you what, it's one of those things. It was just like when I got my master's in in K-12 educational admin, you know, just a weight off your shoulders, but also a sense of, you know, a pride. And the fact that that's why you're a goal setter, right? Boom! I checked the box. I I met my goal, and it was something that I set out to do. I knew that I was going to do it. It was only a matter of time. But at the end of the day, really, really happy that I did it. It was a beneficial experience.
0: Oh, I'm I'm glad you shared that. And again, the point you make at the end is true. It is a tremendous accomplishment. I think statistically, um, four percent or less of all athletic administrators in the country are CMAA. So you're part of an elite group and and certainly should uh, be very proud of that. I know you are. Also glad you mentioned that there are two options to presenting your uh, project. You can do the traditional original one write the paper out and tell the story of your project how it impacts your school or this has been going on for probably going about about two years now uh the oral presentation where uh you present your project typically through a powerpoint uh through zoom to uh two or three members of the niaa certification committee uh i got to do that for uh a few years really really enjoyed that time uh real quick what was your um project what was the basic topic
1: yeah I w- my focus was on uh, branding um, for the school athletic department um, it's been a, I actually presented on that this summer at our coaches clinic as well different branches of it but when I presented through PowerPoint um, to a team um, at NIAAA it was it was focused on branding and all the things that I have done to strengthen our brand what you can do or what, you, what others can do to bring to their communities and their athletic departments and kind of the whole wraparound of it all. It's not just when, when people talk about branding, they're like, oh, I'll put a sticker or a decal on my vehicle. It's like, no, it goes so far beyond that. Um, some of it is very simple. Some of it, you, anybody can do. You know, a lot of it is time consuming. Um, some things that you do right away and then after that, it gets easier. Um, so I just really talked about some of the things that I had implemented since, since getting back to my hometown, you know, just for instance, some of the things that I felt was very important right away, but sometimes is, a, is forgotten, is curb appeal. So when you come to your, when you come to a school, you got to have pride in your school. Um, when somebody, when somebody comes from the rival school or from another community and they step into your hallways. To me, I want things to be easily found. I want things to be that our successes are celebrated. So um, when I got to where I was, our trophies were an absolute disaster. Um, and that was just, that always bothered me. Maybe that was because I had some skin in the game too, because I was, that was my alma mater. That's where I graduated from. And I was like, I was like, this is you know not good. So one of the first things I did when I took the job is I took every single trophy off the wall and every single trophy out of the trophy cases. We're talking 50, 60 years of athletic accomplishments and just started from scratch. You know, spray them all down, wipe them all down, clean them up. And when they go back in the case or back on the wall, they're going back in with a purpose. Okay. My state trophies are going in my main hallway in my glass cases. They're going by sport and in chronological order. If somebody wants to find a trophy that, or something, they wanna show their kid on a team that they were on 20 years ago, they better be able to walk right in there right away, find it. Um, My other postseason trophies for districts or divisionals, they were placed in the cafeteria walls by sport in chronological order and clean. Um, Everybody can go in our hallways now right now and find a trophy that they're on, or maybe a mom or a dad or a grandpa or a grandma. Um, And I felt that that was important. Um, was it really difficult no was it time consuming a little bit but it was so worth it and you would not be surprised even though it was my hometown how many people immediately recognize that Um, and that bothers me so much when I go to other communities and there it's a disaster half the half the communities you'll go to and I'll look at it whether I'm out of state you know, whether I'm going to a small or a large AA school in Montana or a small class C school, um, I want to go see what that looks like. How have they decided to recognize their athletes in their building? And that's just one way to recognize athletes was the trophies. Another thing that I took upon myself is we have a Hall of Fame in our in our building. Um, there's a way that you can earn your right into the Hall of Fame based on your performance as an athlete at Glasgow High School. Um, there's a level for each sport and if you achieve that then you get an eight by ten black and white photo well so many eight by ten black and white photos were missing people who have achieved the right to be on our hall of fame were not in there for whatever reason whether they didn't bring us a picture where someone dropped the ball and it wasn't up there so I immediately jumped into research I got to get the people up in these hallways that should be in these hallways Um, make sure that that all looks good. You know, put them in chronological order, put them by sport, make sure that those people that earn that right to be recognized forever are recognized. Um, so Hall of Fame and the trophies, that's just one of 15 things that I went over in my presentation. Um, also build a web, built a website, um, just hours and hours upon hours of research. Not everybody's into the research thing, but I always say, when you're an athletic administrator, you have to embrace your success, past successes in your history. Um, So when your student athletes, you never know what your student athletes can be motivated by. Maybe they're motivated by being the best football team that's ever came along, or maybe they're motivated to to rush for the most yards that's ever been rushed for in school history. You need to make sure that that stuff's in order. Um, So when people are ready to go look At it and set goals that it's there. And I built a school, a a athletic website for our school district that I think a lot of people can be proud of. And I'm very proud of it. And and I'm not hundred percent done with it by any means, but two thirds of what needs to be done is there. And it was a lot of man hours and not a lot of hours during my daily, my daily job either. So a lot of, a lot of weekends, a lot of nights, you gotta have, you gotta have pride and you gotta love what you do.
0: Well, really great examples. I love the idea of putting the trophies in the cafeteria because that's that's one place that everybody goes, you know, every day. And so it's not in some corner of the gym or or this isolated hallway. Great, great ideas, uh, Brenner. We're going to do this at the end of the podcast. But if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you?
1: Sure. Um, I would say, you know, I'm very easy to get a hold of, but I would say email, um, would work best. Um, I'll, I'll return your email within 24 hours for sure. Usually that same day within a couple hours, but, uh, uh, it's Flaten, F-L-A-T-E-N at mail, M-A-I-L dot Glasgow, G-L-A-S-G-O-W dot K-12 or k 12 dot M-T for Montana dot U-S. Nice long email. Um, but, uh. Yeah, reach out through an email and I'm more than happy to share my experiences or things that I think might help you in in your building, um, in your school district. I've done that a lot with with Montana athletic administrators and I feel that in order to grow as a professional, that's got to be one of the things that you're willing to do, share. Um, And just like if you are a good coach, you can't be worried about I'm giving all this person all the secrets of the trade, right? That's like the best coaches that I know are the ones that will present every year at the coaches' clinic. They don't care. They're gonna. They want to make the sport better. They want to make the profession better. They're, they're they're more than willing to share the X's and O's or the foundation of their program or their things that they do well in practice. You just it's the coaches that need to be willing to listen, and hear it, right? Um, it's probably the same thing as that administrator. If you feel that you still have room for growth, and I do too. Be willing to listen to others, um, be willing to accept new things and try new things. Um, and that's when you're going to really, really see the positivity and things are going to explode for you is when you're once you're willing to to get that help. And I, like I said, I'm not I'm not at the top of the food chain by any means. I, I, I'm, I, I'm willing and ready to to get new stuff all the time.
0: Yeah, again really appreciate you sharing and we'll give that email address out again at the end of the podcast for our listeners our guest is brenner flayton he's a certified master athletic administrator and he's the director of athletics at glasgow high school in montana one more time uh, we're going to take a break please stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we want to say thanks to wall of fame by vital signs You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an extensive library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. If you're looking for a unique way to display your school's school records in all sports for all the events, you need to talk to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. And if you're looking for a great way to present your hall of fame you need to talk to wall of fame by vital signs go to their website vital signs wall of fame.com or email them at sales at vital signs wall of fame that's sales at vital signs wall of fame.com welcome back everyone to the educational lady podcast brenner uh one of the big things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices so What are some things that you do with Glasgow and your program that you're particularly proud of that you can share with our listeners?
1: Sure. You know, I talked a little bit earlier about you got to love what you do, right? That's the foundational piece. Everything I feel that makes an athletic administrator or a school administrator successful. Um, So love what you do. Number one, then best practices, all branches off loving what I do. I love what i do these things become a little easier um i always say and i feel it's the same way as a coach if i'm talking about what do you need to do to be the coach you want to be to run the program that makes your program the envy of others you got to be able to be organized first and foremost if you are unorganized the whole operation is going to be unorganized and, it, and it's it's just it's going to fall apart you got to be organized and you got to communicate well So I feel foundational for me is I'm very organized and I feel that I am a top flight communicator. Um, If
0: I'm organized,
1: what does that look like? Well, it kind of goes back to, we talked about even our celebrating our successes. What did I do? Did I go in there and throw the trophies everywhere? Did I throw my Hall of Fame pictures everywhere? No, I made it very easy for somebody to come in and and, and see. Uh, That was because I'm an organized person. That's, I want our athletic programs to be organized. Um, That goes into your, my life as an administrator is, it is so crazy, right? I am a school administrator in addition to being an athletic administrator, and I've got a thousand things coming at me. Um, You know, you might get a little bit of time on a Sunday to take a break, take a breath. Um, I've got four kids of my own. It is very busy, four girls, girl dad right? So uh, what that looks like is you've got to be able to organize. Now, not everybody's organization organization is going to look the same. Do I say that you have to be tech savvy? Not necessarily, but I'm telling you, if you want to be as efficient as possible in today's athletic world, you really need to find a way to work on the tech savvy part, to work to be a tech guy. Um, I'm big into Google Apps. Um, I use Google Drive like it's going out of style. I mean, I've got, whether I'm in my Google email or whether I'm in my Google Drive with folders, I've got a hundred folders. They're all labor, they're all in alphabetical order, right? Everything goes in its own special spot by year um, where it makes it easy to to find things. It, It makes my job easier. I need to be able to return to things every year or on an annual basis and find stuff not have to recreate the wheel all the time Um, a lot of times you put a lot of time into something you want to keep returning to that piece building off it building it off the foundation that you've already created Um, so behind the scenes I'm an organized person whether that's uh, on my computer or going down to making sure your inbox is clean and that you're returning the email, the emails that you need to return. And then also projecting um, the organization piece, which we talked about in the hallways and things like that. Um, so number one, be organized, try to be organized. Uh, and if you're not organized, try to talk with others on what they do to help them be organized. Because if you're, it's gonna make your job a hundred times harder if you're not organized. And things aren't gonna go as well. I can, I can 100% promise you. Um, okay, communication number two, the second foundational, the second leg of me standing up and being an, an AD is I gotta be able to communicate. I gotta be able to communicate, overly communicate. Um, you know, and, and with my communication, it's, it's, it's typically rut, it's events, it's changes in schedules, it's changes in bus time, leave times. It's communicating with every person that might be affected. Not just your coaches, you know, it's a driver, it's a game worker, it's a parent, it's a a student athlete, it's a fellow administrator, making sure that everybody is communicated with. Um, What's a way that we communicate very effectively in Glasgow schools is our social media outreach. Um, I will tell you that if you are not on social media, you are doing your school district a disservice Um, because if you think that you are just going to do you know local media through the radio or through the newspaper or hard copy you're not reaching everybody Um, I I will say that over and over again does that mean um, it's just Facebook no that means a branch of social media branches of social media Uh, we focus uh, at Glasgow schools and myself as athletic administrator, I focus on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, even TikTok. Um, I make sure that uh, I'm focusing on what? I wanna make sure that my parents and grandparents are seeing what's going on. I wanna make sure that I'm reaching my student athletes. Probably not gonna reach a lot of my students, or not gonna reach a ton of student athletes on Facebook, but I'm gonna reach my majority of my parents and grandparents on Facebook now, because things change, right? Um, Twitter is instant. Um, Instagram, it's all the rage for high school kids. If you're not posting on Instagram and you wanna continue to reach your middle school and high school kids, you gotta be posting there too. Um, So there are items out there and ways to dual post, make one post and it goes to multiple sites. I use what's called Hootsuite, um, but there are other options out there. But when I make a post, it's gonna go out to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram all at once. Um, I don't, I make sure that our kids are recognized at all times. There is in my nine years as being AD here, I have I can comfortably say I have never went more than probably a 10 or 12 hour window without communicating the results of every single athletic event with our community. It has not escaped me. I will not allow it. Um, so I need to make sure that our, our parents and our community and our fans know how a kid did know how our teams did um that's important to me they know it right away if we have a change we're going to over communicate that change we're going to use the school website we're going to we're going to email our staff Uh, i'm going to use social media okay i'm also going to use my local media i've got a daily paper a weekly paper and a and a great radio station in this community i use all those avenues um so what i like to say and someone once told me, and this was, um, I, I took it in a positive way is they said, you would have to be, go out of your way to not be informed here. Um, you'd have to, tr- it would have to be, you'd have to actively try to not know what's going on. And that is probably something that you would like to hear as an administrator, is they feel that If you don't know what's going on, you're really trying not to know what's going on because you have six or seven different avenues to find out Um, whether that's celebrating success, whether that's you've got a change in the schedule or whether you're just notifying parents and athletes. Um, So you got to be organized and you got to communicate foundational for success um, as an athletic administrator, no doubt in my mind.
0: Yeah, again, so very true. And I had an administrator many years ago in my career. He was the first one I ever heard use that term, over-communicate. And as the years went by, I began to appreciate it more and more. I think 99% of, uh, let's say, uh, issues with parents or with other people uh, stem from poor communication, lack of communication, miscommunication. And so if you're over-communicating, those dates, those games, those events, etc. You talked about the changes. Uh, you really lessen the likelihood that someone's not going to know about it. You know, so very important. Okay. thanks for sharing those. Once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Brenner Flayton, Certified Master Athletic Administrator, our very first guest from the state of Montana. We're going to take another break, but we will be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. <laughs> We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Go to huddle.com and see how coaches from around the country and around the world are using Huddle to help their athletes play better using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They've got online tools. They have smart cameras. They've always had analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's also built for every level of play from club and youth teams all the way through high schools colleges and even the pros are using huddle you should too you're in pretty good company with over six million users including the college coaches you're trying to get to recruit your kids if you want to find out more about what huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a huddle school go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals remember at huddle we power sports Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Brenner, one of the questions we've asked for almost since the podcast has started uh, has to do with this idea of coaching toughness. Uh, a long time ago, when I was in high school, you know, our coaches would say things like, come on, you got to be tough, or come on, you got to suck it up. And we knew what they meant, and we kind of did it. Uh, since then, in the many years since then, uh, I think we figured out better ways. To communicate with kids, to coach kids, motivate kids. Uh, but I still feel that coaching toughness is a desirable trait, not just in sports, but in life. But So here's my question. How can we help kids to be tough while also being uh, aware of the challenges that a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through back in the day? Uh, do you have any advice for us?
1: It is an open-ended question. Um, I would, you know, that's the million-dollar question for a lot of coaches out there. They kind of, kind of teach them, how to teach that, how to teach mental toughness, mental, and physical toughness. And uh,
0: okay. go ahead.
1: Yeah, we talked about you know, the mental, the mental, mental toughness part and the physical toughness part, and I think that that's the million-dollar question for all coaches. Uh, we we want to know how to they all want to know how to teach that and, and some would think uh, it's impossible um i would say you know and they want to point to well this generation is different than what it was 25 years ago 30 years ago you know maybe in a way kids are different but you know it might be because of how they're brought up, right? It's not all, the coaches can only do so much, I will say. Um, you know, a lot of times you, the coach, you are the father figure uh, or the mother figure for that matter you, for, for your student now. Um, we don't know what kind of, you know, the background of every kid and what they're going through. Um, so you can be that person. The coach can be that person for those student-athletes. And I think if you're that person, then it's going to be, it might be a little bit easier to achieve what you're trying to achieve as far as toughness goes. Um, I can, I, I will say, maybe this is just a plea to the parents out there that, is um, is we let our students, our student athletes fail a little bit um, along the way. They got to be willing to lose, uh, lose with grace. Understand that you're not always going to win, um, and, and that starts at a really young age. But also understand that if they, if they keep instilling that in a kid that a it hey, that might not always turn out the way that you want, but if you keep striving for something and you keep giving hundred percent effort. Things are going to look better for you. They're going to they're going to turn, um, rather than saving them all the time, right? Uh, if we're always saving them, and this goes for a coach, I don't know a lot of coaches that coach that way, but if you do, you're probably not so successful. You're not always saving your student athletes, right? You can't. There's just still, there's no saving them in situations. So they got to be willing to. They got to understand how failure feels, what failure feels like, and be able to feel what it's like to dig themselves out of a hole um and i think that if you do that long enough, and from a young enough age and then when you get into middle school and you get into high school athletics and then on to college you continue to be able to build yourself or to dig yourselves out of a hole and overcome adversity then that's automatically going to make you more mentally tough more physically tough but if you're always saved or you're looking for somebody to save you then it's going to be a little more difficult right um I've been a coach my whole life since I was an athlete. I I immediately transitioned to being a coach. Um, I spent most of my time coaching. I've coached it all, but most of the time I've coached wrestling or football. Um, In wrestling, it's easy for me to explain a situation to a parent. I said, okay, it's just going to be your child, your student athlete out there in the circle, right? Nobody else can help um, so they won't have anybody else to blame, or they won't have anybody else to uh, come save them if they're on the back. And, and that's just a wrestling analogy, go for a lot of sports. But um, that's one thing that I always talk about being being positive in that right is because you don't you can't rely on anybody else you. And that is different. That's an individual sport. There's team sports too. There's team sport aspect to everything. Um, being a good leader um sometimes you have a sometimes you have a team sport or your head coach of a team sport some teams are better than others some teams are more successful than others in the win-loss column. a lot of that is why not because maybe you you coach better than you maybe it's a talent level talent discrepancy maybe they're be the toughest kids in the world but they just don't have the athletic ability um they can overcome a lot of things you can't make a jump shot you know or or whatever some of those things it's just repetition being in the gym or it is your leadership your student leadership how well have you developed your student leaders around in your program because it's not all about you as a coach and being a great mentor and a leader from the coaching position it's about developing student leaders and great juniors and seniors that can lead your program the best the best team sports that i've seen teams that i've seen are the ones that have great leadership from within Um, and that might be the way that that leader was raised at home that might be that was the way that that leader was coached when he was a freshman he's gonna coach you're gonna coach him to be a leader because they're gonna help take your team over because it's not they're not always going to listen to just coach you got to have you got to have a voice and one that kids want to want to follow but you got to have good student athlete leadership as well and, and i think all of that is going to develop the toughness that you're looking for um, you're going to struggle to find the toughness with everybody there's always going to be some that's just like ah just not real not real tough right um, but how can i get them to overcome things? How can I get them to be a successful or valuable part of this team? How can I get them to get better from the first practice to the 25th practice. Um, and it's not all about wins and losses. We know that. It's about it's the lessons you learn in, in, in athletics. When we get to high school and we get to college, it's a lot about wins and losses. Yes, I'd be lying if it was We want to win at the varsity level and in college. But we also need to understand that some, there are some limitations sometimes in some years, in some programs, um, so just get the best out of the kids that you're that you're working with, and and send them home with some, some things that they didn't have when they when they got to you. Right? Yeah,
0: you you covered so many great points there. And uh, again, I think the kids tend to get it. Uh, you brought up the idea of you know helping the parents understand that you know nowadays we're not just coaching kids, we're coaching parents as well, and I think. This is just my own opinion. I don't know if this is backed by any sort of science or research, but I think maybe the current generation or generations of parents um, fewer participated in sports when they were in school than, let's say, even when you know you were in school. You're a little bit younger than I am. Uh, the, the parents understood that, hey, practice is hard. There's going to be you know, failure, that's how you get better, you know, overcoming those challenges. So again, great, great stuff. Thanks so much for sharing that. One more time for our listeners. Our guest is Brenner Flayton, Certified Master Athletic Administrator from Montana. We're going to take another break, but we're almost done with those breaks. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration, but they're so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can help your coaches with things like uh, attendance and communication and even help them with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility and rosters and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake and get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Brenner, you and I were talking a little bit during the break uh, about, you know, you really got a passion for... uh, the multi-sport experience. Uh, again, back in my day, that was the norm. You know, everybody did three sports. We had a couple people that just did two, but um, what are your thoughts on the, the multi-sport experience?
1: It's really invaluable. Um, it, it is a focus in our school district. It's a focus with my coaching staff. Um, we are a small school, but I have 73 coaches that work underneath of me um, for, uh, various sports at different levels. And, um uh, thing that I communicate with them every year at our annual meeting and when we get together is, is we really want to sell that. We want to talk about the importance of being a multi-sport athlete. Does that mean you're a three-sport athlete? Does that mean you do something in the summer club and you're technically a four-sport athlete? Well, it means you're at least a two-sporter in my opinion. Um, and sometimes we can't expect somebody to be a three-sport athlete it, They're dealing with a lot of different things or or, um, things come up in their life, but I I always say that you should try to be as actively involved as possible in extracurriculars, uh, clubs, activities, athletics, Um, and being a two-sport athlete is is the real deal, in my opinion, and uh, my biggest example there is when I talk to students and even in our small school, we talk about the importance. It's very important for us, right? We've got 250 some kids. we only got so many athletes to go around. We can't be uh, hoarding all the athletes for ourselves and not sharing with our other programs. Um, somebody might be able to do that of a school of 2,500 kids. We do that and it's just devastating, detrimental to programs. If our kids aren't doing things in the off season or what we'd be, they would be considering their off season. I say, you know. Jimmy's favorite sport is football. might not be Joe's favorite sport, but Joe's favorite sport is basketball. Jimmy doesn't really, maybe basketball might be his third favorite sport, you know, but Joe played football because of Jimmy. So we're going to return the favor and he's going to play basketball. Um, Be a good teammate, be a good friend. Um, Not everybody has the same favorite sport. Um, And just because something's not your favorite sport, I don't think is a valid reason to give it up. Um, I think there's so many positive things that can come out of an experience. Um, you know, whether it's track and field, softball, no matter what it is, cross country, um, keep, keep that body moving. Um, it might, like I said, it might not be your favorite sport, but it's going to benefit that favorite sport of yours probably. Or it's going to benefit the school, benefit the community, benefit your friends, your teammates uh, to be involved because uh, just walking the hallways, uh, going through the motions, just doing the academic side of things, you're really not getting the full experience that a high school kid should get. Um, I feel that to be actively involved, clubs, activities, athletics, that is the full wraparound. Um, I really feel that being uh, athletics is the other half of your child's education. I know that's an easy term to talk about or something that's already, you know, a lot of people have heard that before, but it is so true. Um, you can learn so many things being involved in a team sport. Um, and then you'll learn different things when you're in an individual sport that you're not gonna learn in a science class or in algebra one. Um, and what are we getting our kids ready for? Are we getting, ready, ready, we're getting them ready for college? Maybe, maybe we're getting them ready to go straight into the workforce. And we're getting ready to be valuable members of our community or just good, overall good humans and be good parents. Uh, They're the the future and they're gonna raise our next generation of kids that we're gonna have. Okay, and so I want them to be well-rounded. I don't want them to be just one thing. Um, You know, we've got speech and drama in the winter. Speech and drama is very important for our activity offerings. A lot of our kids that are involved in speech and drama in the winter, they don't do anything else. They're not in any, uh, many of our kids, they're not in any athletics. So if we didn't have that extracurricular offering, we didn't have speech and drama, then what else are they getting? So we are, we're trying to make sure that everybody has a couple of things to be involved with. Um, not everybody's an athlete, but I bet you can give a sports a shot and probably have a positive experience with it. Even if you're not, don't have a tons of wins and losses, or maybe you, you're on JV and you never maybe scratch varsity. There's still so many positive experiences about that, even for somebody that maybe never started or never never received a postseason accolade. So uh, that's my biggest push, or one of my biggest push with our coaches is that we need to really talk about the benefits of staying actively involved. That goes back to when your child is young, right? We wanna get our kids, you've heard this, we wanna get our kids moving, we wanna get our kids outside. Um, too much screen time is detrimental, um, whether that's behind the TV, behind an iPad, computer, or their smartphone. Um, is there a time for that stuff? Sure. Um, but if those kids that are outside and they and they are actively involved from a young age, and, and they have parents that are running into various activities when they're younger, those kids are the more apt to wanna do multiple sports and multiple activities when they get to the high school, when they get to high school aged. Um, It's probably rare a rarity if a kid is spending all of his time playing Xbox all summer long and they don't ever leave the video game platform that, that, that kid's all of a sudden going to be interested in all these extracurricular offerings or all these athletics we offer just doesn't usually happen. Um, what they are conditioned to do when they were younger, a lot of times is going to follow through. So that would be a, Something that I would like to stress to our parents and our families, not just in Glasgow but everywhere, that be, you know, we want to try to start that when they're young. And then I, I think there's probably not a lot of ADs out there that are like, oh no, you need to focus on one sport. You need to, you know, if you want to be the best at this or you want to be recruited, you got to be in, doing this sport for 11 out of 12 months. Take Christmas off, but you know, you, no, that's not how they think. They they all want you to be well rounded. They don't they want to prevent burnout. They want to, yeah, do you want to do the summer camps? Yes. Who wants you to do the summer camps? Who wants you to do the open gyms? Well, we want you to be well-rounded and do more than just one, prevent injury and all that good, uh, you know, all the stuff that's going to be beneficial.
0: Right. And and again, the research is very clear on this, that kids who do multiple sports, they're better at their favorite sport or at their best sport because they're getting cross-training, because they're not getting the overuse the repetition injuries um it it's just uh it is crazy and i think the ad's understand it i think the coaches get it too uh once again it comes back to educating the parents and the yep. kids you know um and i love the way you talk about at the small town scenario you only got so many athletes for all of your sports and yep. you know we are we're not in your case it's not glasgow basketball it's Glasgow High School, you know it's yep. not Glasgow soccer; it's Glasgow High School, and so the yep. high school comes first, and the team, yep. and that coach—he's part of, you know, that athletic team, and the coaches need to understand their role. So again, big big points, Brenner. This has been really cool uh, getting to know you a little bit, hearing how you run things, and having our first guest from Montana. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. So we're going to take a quick break here from one more sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Brenner Flayton is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to thank hometown ticketing for their support of the podcast. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And they help thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Go to hometownticketing.com, and they will show you how to sell your tickets to your events, how to scan the attendees that come, how to collect your revenue. That's certainly important. And every step of the way, you will have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. Hometown Ticketing can also show you how to sell digital tickets for things like school dances or plays, uh, choir and band performances, uh, as well as graduation. Sell digital tickets for all types of events with HometownTicketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. HometownTicketing.com. Well, we have been listening to Brenner flayton uh he's a certified master athletic administrator certainly knows his way around the world of athletics also our very first guest from the great state of montana um right now i'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job but i'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox Brenner, what three items are going to go in your athletic director toolbox
1: well number one is going to be a guide to that you navigate Google Apps. Um, we're going to be this. We're going to be able to use uh, Google Sheets, Google Docs. Um, we're going to be able to uh, present present on Google Slides. Use Google Classroom if you need. Um, all these things to help you be better organized and be a, a great communicator. So uh, I'm going to set them up with a guide to Google Apps. Um, is going to be number one. My number, my number two, is also going to be a little bit tied to communication, and I'm going to set them up with um, a guide to post on several social media accounts at the same time. So whether that you elect to use someplace like a Hootsuite, that's what I use. I'm not necessarily tied to it. There are plenty of options out there. Um, I would get them set up on one of those avenues so that they can do a better job of promoting their programs, communicating soundly with their community um, and posting on four or five different social media sites uh, at a time. That would be number two. Uh, number three, um, I would set up a way that um, the, the coach and the ad feel that they can be evaluated as well as um, as well as how they can be um, go and achieve more education. Um, so what that looks like is we use coach evaluator. Um, you don't have to use the coach evaluator. There are like I said, there are a couple out there as well. Um, but you need to have a foundational piece on how you're going to evaluate your coaching staffs. Um, how are they how are those head coaches or are you going to evaluate the assistants? And how are you going to evaluate the head coaches? What are they going to be evaluated on? Um, so. I had to build my piece on coach evaluator from the ground up, and I made sure that everything that I wanted to evaluate coaches on were in that piece. Um, I think it's very important to evaluate coaches. Um, if if our coaches are not being evaluated, they do not know what to improve on. They do They might think that they're doing everything right. They might do think they might think they're doing everything wrong. If you're not being evaluated, you cannot grow, um, and that would that's during my job as an academic administrator, during my job as an athletic administrator, whether it's a coach, a teacher, everybody should be evaluated to some degree in their job. And uh, I think there are a lot of schools that don't evaluate their coaches. Um, You might think that's crazy, but that's true. I've communicated with a lot of athletic administrators who don't evaluate. Um, They're, you know, they're just either hired or not rehired or, or, or not renewed. And um, most of the time renewed um, with really no lot, not a lot of discussion. Um, so I think having a piece like Coach Evaluator and having that sit down exit meeting after um, those seasons is, is huge. So those are three things that I would put in my toolbox right away Google Apps instructions, Hootsuite slash social media, um, being able to do social media blasts, and three, Coach Evaluator, um, a coach evaluation piece in place to help your coaches be successful.
0: Oh, again, I, I love the tools. I love the, you know, the very focused practicality of them, you know, the apps. And again, you bring up a very good point, uh, the evaluation, um, the collegial um, uh, evaluation of, of coach and AD, you know, trying to get better. Uh, very good stuff. Brenner, uh, we did this earlier, but if one of our listeners wants to reach out Pick your brain a little bit more, and listeners, I think you've got a great resource here. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you?
1: Absolutely, I would say email is the top uh, top way to get a hold of me. Um, once again, lengthy kind of email. It's uh, Flaten, F L A T E N at mail, m a i l dot Glasgow, G L A S G O W dot K twelve or K 12 dot M-T for Montana dot us and um, also you can follow me on Twitter, I, I, I try to sh- share stuff while well, sh- I share stuff of Jake's and, and things that are educational related to our, towards athletics and things um, you welcome to follow our Glasgow Scotty's accounts, you know, um, we, we have got Glasgow Scotty's accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, those things. Um, you might not care how Glasgow does on a Friday night football game, but you might you might pick up some things on how you can promote your program online and via social media by some of the stuff that we do, and maybe you can use those same things for your school. So you might not care about the results necessarily, but maybe you maybe you will care about how I'm presenting some of that stuff to the community and go ahead and go ahead and take that stuff. It's for the taking. Use it. Turn around. Put your own spin on it. Um, and use it on social media and see where it goes.
0: Uh, Thanks for sharing that Twitter handle. And uh, yes, we do. We do care how the Scotties do on Friday night. We'll be watching them. Brenner Flayton, thanks so much for spending time with us today and uh, all the best uh, with the um, coming season.
1: I appreciate you taking the time Jake and having me on. It was a, it was an enjoyable experience. So thanks a lot.
0: Well, thank you. Okay. For our listeners, uh, the Zoom recordings of these interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Before we go, we also want to say thanks to Gipper for their support. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating branded content for their school social media channels in seconds. You can do it on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use their special podcast listener discount, ADPod10. That's ADPod10 and get 10% off. Go to Gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode. Uh, Come back just about every single day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast and check out the videos on YouTube. Let us know if you have an idea for a topic or a new question, or if you'd like to be a guest. Um, We'd love to have you on and share your story. Once again, thanks for listening to the Educational AD Podcast.